<laughs> Just when you think you know what's going to happen. <laughs> Behind curtain six. Dear Shandy. Welcome back to another Dear Shandy Bachelor in Paradise recap, listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you today? <laughs> we did it. <laughs> We're here. Very excited. Uh, Episode 16. Oof. The finale part two. The end of an era. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what, like, I feel a great sense of relief, but I don't know if it's just because the season has been so long or if it was really that painful. Like, I don't know how I feel right now. I feel like the end of a very long and painful poop. (laughs) That's so graphic, but I also know exactly what you mean. It's so specific. It's like the destination is all the sweeter because of what you've been through. Yeah. The relief is heightened. By the pain that you experienced. I mean, do we need to say anything else? I think that's that's good. Let's get going. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that. Housekeeping, just happy Thanksgiving oh, to yeah. everyone. Oh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. What do you say? Gobble, gobble. I hate when people say that. Yeah. I don't like I, that. I, I feel bad for turkeys, I feel too. bad for turkeys, but I also don't like it because it is a, it's a universal catchphrase. Gobble, don't tell gobble. me gobble, gobble. Just say, have a happy Thanksgiving. What are you doing? How is that a universal catchphrase? Gobble, gobble. That doesn't even mean anything. You're just making the animal sound of the thing you're going to eat. It's 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 not great. <laughs> yeah, it's not a great one. Got a lot of issues with that. Okay, so overall thoughts on episode 16, a.k.a. the finale part two. I was, you know, it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. I felt like this episode was uh, breakup porn. <laughs> you know you know what I mean? Yeah, in that way where you kind of get a sick thrill. No. Like, I, this sounds horrible. Like, I'm happy about the couples that are still together, but the ones that are broken up, where you thought they might break up, like, there's something, it's almost like you placed your bets correctly, and then I feel ashamed to admit that. But they're also, I, I agree with you, but they're also creating that discomfort Yes. It's like, it is no different than, than gory horror movies mm. where you're like, I'm glad the, the thing that you're getting thrilled about is that you get to see that knowing that you're totally safe and happy and nothing's going wrong. Ugh, humans are awful. Yeah, they're awful. We have, there's an id inside of us that's very bad. Yeah. And it comes out in certain things. Yeah. But luckily we were able to suppress it to the point where we're just going to see weird horror movies, most of us. Mm. But I think this is no different. Mm. I think people get off in a sick way, on watching very uncomfortable and upsetting relationship fragments. Mm. I also want to mention that I missed this because last season, so season seven, there wasn't a reunion from what I recall. There was just sort of like credits at the end of whether or not the couples were still together, if they'd gotten back together and then yeah. like photos and stuff. Sure. But I missed this. Like I need a reunion at the end of Paradise. We need reunions. There's too many loose ends. Yes, There's not just one bachelor. Mm -hmm. There's 15 different bachelors and bachelorettes. It's so true, actually. This is way more necessary than an after the final rose. Like how many couples are really going to happen in after the final rose? A hundred percent. Yeah. We need this every time. Mm -hmm. So far, this is a glowing review. Uh, (laughs) We called it breakup porn and something that is absolutely necessary. And a giant painful poop. Okay, so we pick up with this reunion and some all-star guests in the audience, including Kenny and Mari, who Mm. we've had on, Dear Shandy. Friends of the show. Fantastic Fantastic. love fest. Joe and Serena, who we hope to have one day. (laughs) Yes. 
uh, Gabby and Rachel, who I think it's funny, is always they're always presented yeah, as a set. They can't be separate. If they're separate, people are going to start talking. Yeah. And from the cast, we have Sally, Hunter, Jasenia, Kate, Ensi, Eliza, Jill, Aaron, Lace, Justin, Jacob, Sierra, Kira, Romeo, Logan, Andrew, Genevieve, Shanae, and Rodney. The twins are missing. From what we can tell. Yeah. Florence is missing. Uh, that's not super that's surprising. Not surprising. She's gonna come from Australia for this nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> Wells is still there as bartender. Yeah, he's not doing much. Yeah. I said I feel like this was in his contract that yeah. they that they would want him there and then they just wanted to get their money's worth or something. Yeah, he was like playing uh what, what do you call like uh candy crush? <laughs> Is that the game that people play? Yeah. We get yet another recap to serve as proof of how dramatic the season was. Not necessary. And now we address Romeo. Wells calls Romeo's expression in the zoom-in when Kira was taking him off or when he was leaving with Kira. He calls it the funniest thing that he's ever seen on Paradise. I think we both agree. Yeah. I mean, what other moment in this entire season did we laugh at as much as that? No, that was it. And the editor deserves credit for that. Yeah, because I don't think anyone thinks that Romeo intended for that to be funny. No, that was a real thing. He captured a real thing that a lot of people probably didn't notice. Yeah, yeah. So kudos. Kira and Romeo have to assure everyone that they are not only still together, but happy that Romeo's not being held captive in this relationship. Let's, let's put an end to this running joke. They're mm-hmm. in a relationship. They're doing okay. Yeah. Let's stop with the joke. It kind of made me cringe a bit just because I feel like, if anything, I find it a little insulting to Kira because like, I, I, they knew each other before the show. It's not so far-fetched to imagine that they would be dating yeah, and happy. I agree. Now they talk split week. Shanae says that she thinks Logan was only trying to get back at her for going for James, and she claims that Logan had told her to keep her options open and thus she was only doing what she was told when she went for James. Mm-hmm. Good old Shanae. Yeah. She's always like sidestepping the responsibility in she any really situation. Does. Quite quite well. I mean it's a talent really. Yeah. Logan says he didn't want to be controlling or to tie her down and actually he thought long and hard over whether or not to go for Kate during split week and ultimately he and his friends decided Shanae wouldn't hesitate to do the same and hey they were right. Zinger of a comeback. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's right about this. Absolutely. I, I don't understand. Like, Shanae kind of acts like the Tyler thing never happened. She acted like that on the beach and she's acting like that now again. Like, in a, it, without even referencing it at all. Yeah. It's not even like a, yeah, but. It's yeah. just like, <laughs> nothing. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we're not together now. Tyler, I, that never Tyler? happened. <laughs> Kate addresses the concerns about Logan now. She says the way what she said about Logan came across was out of pocket. I've never heard this expression. I always think of out of pocket as like I'm I'm not available. Like I'll oh, really? say that's like a work thing. Like oh. I'm out of pocket for a few hours. Oh. I didn't know there was I didn't know. She maybe she's right. I trust that she's right. She seems fairly eloquent. Yeah. I, I mean I trust that she's right too, which yeah. I guess is a compliment. Meaning to like her. I guess you like pulled something out of your pocket and like maybe something you didn't like like you tried to pull your keys out, but like you More know, condom, came out. <laughs> like Viagra came out or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're reaching for a certain credit card and then yeah, condoms come out. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it is. <laughs> nice. Thanks. I think we're overthinking this probably, but she says she was just saying it to her girlfriends in private. She never meant for him to hear any of this. And that's an interesting defense because it's not really, you know, it's obvious as Logan says that cameras were everywhere. They're mic'd. It's kind of like you knew he would see it at some point. Like, did you just forget I don't know. I don't I didn't really see how this was supposed to be a defense. No, it wasn't a defense. There was no defense. Yeah. But she's really confident in her no defense. Yeah. Which is a strategy some people use. And it it, it often works. Yeah. Because people believe what they're told. Oh, it's so true. Yeah. 
It's so true. And there's some of that later, actually, oh, in yeah. this reunion. Kate says, ultimately, he's not ready for the type of serious relationship she's looking for. And Logan is kind of like, <sighs> and I just love how he did this. He says, four years ago, he moved to California with nothing but his car. He was a scuba instructor. He walked dogs for money. And now, all the, four years later, he has built an amazing career with nothing but a camera. Bravo. I mean... How can you take that away from someone, a 26-year-old guy? Like, yeah. how established can you expect someone to be at that age? And that just because he's not established doesn't mean he's not ready for a relationship. You can say that you want someone richer, but that's different. It's extremely unfair, and it's it's nasty. It was nasty, yeah. yeah. For her to sort of just continue to harp on that. It's one thing to be like, I ultimately wanted someone more established in life. Just own it the way you did so then many times. why are you going for a 26-year-old? Logan tells Kate he wishes she did say all that to his face. It would have cleared up a lot and shown him who she was. And the audience cheers now. And we felt proud of our Logan. My boy. Yeah. Can we applaud too? I mean, these are really great. And I don't want to even say comebacks. They were just him defending himself, telling his perspective. And quite frankly, I think you could also say that he was objectively correct about both situations with Shanae and with Kate. I mean, when has Logan not been correct? I mean, seriously. Is this our I told you so? Are we making this about us? I've been working in this I told you so for about three episodes I mean, you, I got to say, because we've only been recapping what for since Katie's season of The Bachelorette. Yes. You are two for two in terms of defending a villain from a Bachelorette season who then went to paradise for redemption. Mm -hmm. Do you feel proud of yourself? I feel very proud. (laughs) There should be, I, I wish there was like an awards ceremony. <laughs> that would be the, the saddest ceremony of all time. Oh, awards I- <laughs> for podcasts, I told you so's, on reality TV. That would be the most niche awards it ever. It would be very niche, but also satisfying Oh, for yeah. the people winning. I don't know if anyone else would care. Everyone else actually would not care. Everyone else would be annoyed. Yeah, they'd be like, that is so self-indulgent. No one would be happy except the person getting that award. Okay, so now things turn to Jill. She says Split Week broke her. She is like a penguin she mates for life. And all eyes are on Jacob now. He says he thought she'd go explore during Split Week and figured he'd do the same. And then watching it back, he really regrets how things turned out. He walks over to Jill now and says he's open to a relationship with her. And she says she's open too. The audience goes nuts here. And then they kiss and then he whisks her away. Isn't that nice? Yeah. I think everyone is a bit like, what? What happened there? I think sometimes, most of the time, what happens in paradise doesn't work in the real world. Mm -hmm. Most of the time. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's the opposite. I think sometimes the person actually is better off in the real world and they didn't quite hit the mark in paradise. Mm. And I think this is a perfect example of that. Totally. I can see them working even with distance. Totally can see them working. I I thought it was also, I guess it shows how much he wanted to get back together with her that he didn't address her exit remarks about him being a Lyft driver who sold his couch for cash. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it makes... Do you want me to sing the song again? (laughs) I don't remember the song. <laughs> I mean, those really do sound like lyrics. Okay, now we see yet another casting call for Senior Bachelor. Like, honestly, at this point, some of these potential cast members, I think, are probably dead. <laughs> 
That's why they're having a hard time yeah, casting this They're like season. dying off like World War II veterans. Okay, so now Rodney and Eliza, we get a recap of their love triangle. Rodney says watching it and reliving it has been difficult. He has always been looking his whole life for that spark, and he thought he had it with Eliza, and it has been tough. Eliza says the saddest part is that it was supposed to be Rodney. That's what mm. she wanted. It's sad to have it start out so beautifully and end up the way it did. We have to point out the cruelty of the powers that be here. I mean, because remember, the Victoria love triangle kind of fizzled out. She didn't go for Alex. She stayed with Johnny. Right. And so then they brought in Justin to seduce Eliza. Technically, Justin was long gone. It was just supposed to be Eliza and Rodney. He was just supposed to betray Lace. And right. Then Had they, they sp- not meddled, yeah. Eliza and Rodney would probably be happily ever after. I mean, who knows? I do maintain. I like, don't think so. I yeah, just said I that was it sounded good. <laughs> Yeah, we want to blame the powers that be, but I don't think Eliza... She just wants what she can't have now. She's just like that. I think she's a little immature in certain aspects of her relationship language. And I think that Rodney, I don't think even from the very beginning, and everyone's done this. Mm -hmm. I know I've done this. Yeah. Where you're like, you're you're not that into somebody. And then maybe they like start dating somebody else or they like peace out suddenly. And you're like, oh, I really want them now. I I was wrong. All those nice times we had. And then you get them back and you're like, well, maybe you get them back. Yeah. Sometimes. And then you're like, oh. I would argue the harder it is to get them back, the more days you buy for the second time around. Like if they come back right away, then you're going to lose interest really quickly again. Yeah. But if you have to fight to get them back for a few months, then that buys you a couple months in that relationship take two. But no matter what, I don't think Eliza is, as you say, mature enough with her perception of relationships and dating to appreciate what Rodney has to offer. And that's not a diss on her because she's young. No, I agree. You know, like she just needs to date around some more and be able to acknowledge the value of what she has while she has it. And I can admit in my, when I was her age, I didn't always do that. I agree. And I think that one of the the real skills you develop in life Mm -hmm. as you get older is knowing when something is not worth pursuing. Yes. It's one of the most important skills. Was the fact that, sure, you could date, you could be in relationships your whole life. Be like, oh, look at that guy. He's so successful. He's always in relationships. No, he screwed up. (laughs) He was in relationships for too long. He didn't know when to cut ties. Yeah, or another side of that is being able to acknowledge that what you have while you have it. You know the old saying, you don't want to be part of a club that would accept you as a member. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm being able to, Yeah, being able to acknowledge that I'm happy in this club. I'm yeah. happy with this relationship. Yes. I don't need to see what else is out there. This it, is good. It's all about knowing what's right and wrong. And also that applies to players too. Oh, yeah. Guys who just want to sleep around. Yeah. The guys who are best at it are the ones who spot the person who's most suited to what they want immediately. (laughs) The guys, those people. (laughs) Yeah, the most playable, I guess. Yes. So Jesse brings it back to how Rodney had told Eliza to go on the date. Rodney says he had just been with Lace. He didn't want to be a hypocrite, which he said on the show and which we agreed with then and still agree with now. Eliza somehow still holds to this. She says that she needed him to say not to go. And then Rodney says, even though I said I didn't want you to go, the audience cheered at this. Good for them. It was so satisfying. Yeah, good. I'm so glad they cheered. Yeah. The audience was cheering at the right times during this, <laughs> I noticed. They've, they've, they've grown up. <laughs> Eliza starts to cry and says she feels she made a mistake. And 
that she's interested in pursuing things. And Rodney says she's an amazing person. He wants her to be happy. He'll never forget how he felt in those moments, though. He felt hurt and humiliated in front of everyone. He's finally getting better in his healing and coming back to life. And he wishes her nothing but the best. And the audience cheers again. Mm -mm -mm. That is how it's done. Yeah. Watch Rodney. That's how it's done. Yes. He wasn't cruel about it at no. all. It didn't feel like he derived any satisfaction and from it. And there was no hesitation. He yes. didn't think about it. He wasn't like, ooh, well, yeah. I'm going to have Eliza back. No. He's just like, no. Yeah. No good. I got to move on for my own dignity at the very least. Yeah. And let me tell you something. What bothers me about people like Eliza, and I know she doesn't mean malice at mm -hmm. all. She's just not good at this stuff. What bothers me, though, about people like her is that she would have accepted Rodney back and then broken his heart One. again. Hundred percent. It's the short-sightedness. Yeah. It's the fact the fact that she got herself in this situation in the first place she shows such a short-sightedness of what will this look like two, three, four steps ahead down the road? Why did I get myself into this situation in the first place? You know what it is? It's always about the child versus the adult. Mm -hmm. You don't want to date a child. And a child can be a wonderful thing. There's nothing better than childhood wonder. Mm -hmm. Childlike wonder, yes. Childlike wonder, yes. sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Also childhood yeah. wonder, but not childhood wonder is the best, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's great if I have like a friend who's 60 years old and I can act like a 12-year-old with mm -hmm. once in a while. Yes. But when we're not acting like 12-year-olds in this way that we both want to, I want him to be a man. Yes. I want to have a friend who's a man. Yes. And it's the same thing with relationships. Mm -hmm. It's like you cannot date someone who is immature in everything. Absolutely. You want to date someone who's immature in the things where immaturity is fun. Absolutely. Very well put. And, and, and not, again, I want to reiterate, nothing against Eliza. I think her biggest problem is she just doesn't know what she wants, but she has doesn't have fully formed relationship Experience. understanding. Yes, totally. Okay, so now we move to Genevieve and Aaron. We get yet another recap. Aaron says watching it back is tough because he mainly remembers the good things. They admit the last time... <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> it's a story of Aaron's life. <laughs> it's like a drunken, horrible night. He wakes up, he's like, oh, that was great. <laughs> That's a superpower. Yeah. They admit the last time they spoke was that last day on the beach. And Genevieve says she owns being emotionally reactive, but she reacted that way because of the things he said and the way he said them, mm. but she's not putting it on him. Yeah. She, she, she basically apologizes, says she's not putting it on him, but you know, just so you know, I reacted this. I actually thought she was very generous in how she very did this. Very generous. And Aaron, for his part, says he was prideful, arrogant. He apologizes for not being better. So it's pretty much yeah. just an apology yeah. train. It's an, it's <laughs> an a, a apology circle jerk. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, it, it felt kind of nice, honestly. We were blown away by how drama-free this was. We agreed she let it. him off too easy. It was That's her language, though. I think she's very forgiving. Aaron did apologize, and, and good for him. Mm -hmm. He did a good job. He actually focused on the actual things that he did wrong, yeah. which I thought was great. But he didn't deserve that much grace from her. I agree. It does feel like she gives a lot 
in order for him to do what he should have been able to do on his own. And I do feel like his apology became more effusive as a result Ex- of her getting well, on you, her knees you just first. Took the, you took the words out of my mouth. I question whether or not Aaron would have been so apologetic yeah. and owned his own behaviors and yes. mistakes as much had she not led with that. And that's, you know, that's fine right now. Like in yeah. this, you know, in this microcosm, it's like, okay, one of you waves the white flag first, the other one, you know, follows suit. But there will be times in a relationship, and that's way I guess we're all glad they're not together anymore where you're really in the right and you need the other person to be able to own their mistakes first yeah you don't have to be a dick about it or at all like sometimes not first maybe they're the ones that did it wrong I can actually see that happening a lot in Aaron's romantic future (laughs) where he really should just apologize without first being apologized to right she should accept nothing less than an unconditional apology Mm -hmm. but I will admit that just in the sea of all these breakups and there was a lot of conflict in this finale as much as i felt she went too easy on him i found this breakup to be a bit of a palate cleanser oh yeah it was kind of feel good it was nice yeah it was really nice to see i was happy so before we get to tyler and Brittany, meaning the couples that went off together we first have to talk about andrew the andrew love circle because jesenia was there nc was there and we saw absolutely nothing of this what does that mean What happened? There was something. There had to have been something. It's hard to imagine they didn't address it or film it or whatever. The question is, why didn't it make the cut? The question is, was it so boring and uninteresting that they cut it? Or was it so inappropriate and upsetting that they didn't feel it was worth keeping? Mm, Wow. It's hard to imagine. Or was it nothing? Did they not talk? I think it's more likely that they were on a time crunch. They had a lot of things to advertise. You know, they had their... There was a lot to stuff in here, and it's more likely than not that it was so uneventful that they were just like, okay, we'll scrap it. Oh, that. interesting. What I found so curious about this reunion as compared to past reunion episodes I've seen, <laughs> I've seen a few, I've seen a few. You have. Is that somewhere close to half the cast members invited onto this reunion didn't say anything. Yeah, it's true. We didn't see them say anything. Yeah, but a forest, if a tree that falls in the forest... That you don't see. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Smooth, yeah, Andy. <laughs> take that back to the woodshed. But the point is, is that Lace, Andrew, NC, Sally, Jasenia, yeah. Hunter, mm. and I'm probably missing somebody. Yeah. But either way, that's a lot of the people who were there. Yeah. They didn't say anything. And a lot of those people had a lot of airtime. A lot of airtime. The Andrew NC just anything was and like lace. half the show. Lace and as lace. Lace. Yeah. Nothing. Not one word. Barely. Lace got a few like expressions. I think she was like sort of itching something. <laughs> and Andrew like was c- concurring uh, in profile with Logan. But that was it. Yeah. No, it was conspicuous. Okay. So that brings us to Tyler and Brittany. I suppose they wanted to spend more time on the couples that actually left together. Tyler, however, comes out alone. He reveals that he and Brittany are no longer together and he questions if the whole thing was real. And now we get another recap. Oh, dear. We were like, no. I could have done with fewer recaps and more of hearing from every every single little triangle or love story, whatever. Tyler says Brittany came to New Jersey. He went to Chicago. Everything was perfect. Brittany then went to London and Italy. And then she FaceTimed him from Italy saying they were two different people with two different lives. Basically broke up with him. But the heartbreaking part was that on that same day, he got dumped by Rachel on national television. (sighs) It's like a horror movie. It is. It's like it's like a fright, like every day on uh, of every year. Somebody gets broken up with. Oh. It's for like breakup day. Oh. Breakup day. <laughs> oh 
<laughs> the guy's like, she's like, oh, we're having such a great time. I love you so much. She's like, no, don't fall in love with me. Please don't. <laughs> On August 15th, this is all going to be over. He's like, what are you talking about? We're having such a nice time. He's like, trust me. And August 15th, I was like, look, see, condom wrapper. Oh. Over. Oh. Horror movie. Yeah, that's a reference <laughs> to... <laughs> You were thinking of that because of the White Lotus episode we just saw. Oh, yeah. Okay. We feel really bad for him. We have to get that out of the way because I know we, you know, we make a lot of fun of Tyler here, but no one deserves this. No one. No one deserves for that to happen on the same day they're broken up with on national television. I'm not saying that Brittany knew that. So Brittany comes out now and... I think what happens here is one of the strangest conversations we've ever seen in any kind of post-show reunion, live, whatever special. Brittany says she just stopped feeling confident in them and she just stopped feeling that way. And she reveals that she asked for a break and then two hours later he was Snapchatting her, DMing her and FaceTiming her and she was frustrated. She says, quote, it was too much. I have mixed feelings on this because... She says two hours later, he was Snapchatting her, then he DM'd her, then he FaceTimed her later that day. For me, I think that specificity really matters here. Like, did he really Snapchat her two hours after she asked for a break? And also is her version, I asked for a break and maybe what he heard is, you know, let's, I need some space or something that's more like nebulous. It's just like, this is kind of like he said, she said situation. I can picture Tyler being kind of like, yeah. I don't want to say needy in a relationship, sure. but very like involved. And if you're not into that, I can see you wanting to pull away. And then the more you pull away, the more he's like, but wait, what's happening? Let's check in with each other, that kind of thing. Let's talk about it. You know what I feel like happened here? And this happens. But like, I think that she suddenly realized in the real world, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. there could have been a multitude of reasons. Yeah. We could all list what we think, but we don't <laughs> need to talk about it. She was just like, I'm not into this. Yeah. And then once you're not into it, then the person starts becoming annoying. Oh, yeah. And then if you say, I want a break, and they immediately start reaching out to you. Because they're desperate. They're, they really, they don't want to lose you. They're, right. they're anxious. Then you steal yourself. You, you have to become a dick to prevent them from reaching out. And then that makes them reach out. More. Then it becomes this vicious cycle of where you keep becoming more of a dick and they keep becoming more needy. Not to make it about attachment styles, which is so like in to talk about but based on this conversation what we saw and i'm not going to presume that i know anything about what happened in the relationship because i truly believe the only people who really know are the two people who were in it but based on what we saw it would suggest that tyler is anxiously attached yes and Brittany is avoidantly attached there you go just at a glance, but you know, I'm, I'm no expert, but that's how it would seem. It just seems like they're not really well matched in no. that way. And, and I, and I honestly feel like I, I can't vilify anyone I here. Know, same. I, yeah. I think one very telling thing that Tyler said was that people you care about, you reach out to see how they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you do in a breakup. Unfortunately, that's not what you do. It's the thing you shouldn't do. You don't reach out to see how someone's doing in a breakup because they will take that as an entree to continuing the relationship. Oh, that's a good point. Because on the surface, you can be like, yeah, if she cared about him, she would reach out. But what she was trying to send was the signal that she wasn't into him in that way. To be perfectly honest, if she really cared about him, she wouldn't reach out. Mm, That's the really messed up thing about relationships. To let him get over it. So maybe she, maybe Brittany is so fed up with him not allowing this to take its natural course that her only gear right now with him is anger. Mm. 
mm. is to stand. Yeah, she's forced to be the dick. I I have yeah. been forced to be the dick in a breakup before. Yeah, I know. I mean, everyone's been forced to be the yeah, dick. Yeah, you've definitely it's not been fun. forced to be it's a dick. It's not fun. I guess this is our way of saying that we're neither Team Brittany or Team Tyler here. It just seems like they weren't. Well I, yeah, I feel bad. Other. I feel bad for Tyler. I really do. But I also can't really come at Britney because I feel like she could have been a little warmer on TV. Yeah, just she didn't, a little she didn't bit. come off super Could have taken warm. the temperature up just a just mm-hmm. few degrees. But, you know, I, I kind of know probably where she is, where her headspace is. Okay, there's a little bit more here. He says he hadn't heard from her. He says, when you love someone, you check up on them. I guess what happened was her mom sent him something on Instagram. So then he reached out to Brittany. Mm. It would seem he took that as an excuse to reach out to her. I have a feeling that the bigger fight was between Brittany and her mom. <laughs> what were you doing sending him mom. that? <laughs> and somehow that's that. that. That's it. It ends very unsatisfyingly. And we agreed, though, Andy, that she seemed repulsed by him by the end of this. Like yeah. she was done. That was it. Okay. On to greener pastures. Michael and Danielle come Aww. out. Aww. Cleanse the palate. Yeah. Okay. So Michael and Danielle are hand in hand as they mm. emerge. They reveal life has been wonderful. Michael says meeting Danielle has changed his life. Wow. Jesse brings things back to Sierra and Michael... In true Michael fashion, he's good at this. He addresses Sierra and, you know, he takes responsibility oh, yeah, for yeah. not giving her the closure she needed or deserved, but he just couldn't give her what she wanted. And he felt like what all he could do really was be honest with her. And Sierra, for her part, you know, I feel like Sierra got kind of screwed earlier in the season. Like it sort of felt like if anyone should be leaving Paradise, it should have been Michael based on how that breakup went. But now we know. You know, we, we saw what happened. Clearly, they had Danielle waiting in the wings. I'm sure Michael was told that someone was there for him. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? There's yeah, just yeah, a yeah. lot of pieces here that I think are we're not being told. It just is a little too convenient. But Sierra is really generous here. She says she just wants him to be happy and for him to find the perfect person for him. She did the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Why rain on this parade? This was a very classy. You know, she could have been like, well, I think you should no. have blah, blah, blah. She's just like, eh. Oh, classy gal. Mm-hmm. Danielle reveals she's moving to Akron, but she's not moving in. She's just going to be close. And we learn that James, Michael's son, loves Danielle and she's great with him. Michael says he's only ever said I love you to one person ever, but he loves her. Oh, uh, wait a minute now. <laughs> Hold on a second here. Danielle is shocked and she reveals that he never told her that. This is, okay. You know what this is like? You know what this is like? What? This is like... Waiting till some big toast you're giving at some huge Thanksgiving dinner Mm -hmm. to tell everybody that you cheated on your wife with a housekeeper. What? No, it's not. It is. No. It's something you only tell in person with your romantic partner. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. I took that differently. So you're, okay. You're saying that telling someone I love you is something that should be done in private, which we both... Yeah, that was a very sort of a grandiose (laughs) way of saying that, but I'm trying to make a point. Like, there are certain things you just don't tell in public, especially there are certain things you don't tell in public in a ceremonious way, Mm. like he did. I think that he meant this as a grand gesture. There is not a single bad bone in his body doing this, but... It's poor form. She deserves a private I love you moment, not a public. This is not an engagement. He's not at like a Cubs game proposing to her on the big screen. Yeah. This is something you just say in private. Well, you know what it shows? It shows that Michael is a true showman as much as he he loves the show. Yeah. As much, you know, just like the compass thing. Like it was almost like too good to be true. It was beautiful. You know, you can't help but be like, wow, that's really touching. That's really beautiful. But there is a small part of you that's like. He, he brought it and it's on camera. Like in this case, it's on camera. What it shows is he's 
prioritizing the fanfare, like the the glitz yeah. over the true sentimentality and privacy of that moment where he would tell her in person without cameras on them. Totally. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to make that sound like a negative thing because it's not necessarily like she was really moved. She was happy, but you could tell she was just floored and for me anyway, when I'm in a relationship, I want to feel like we're each other's number one and we're not pulling any surprises on each other in this setting where so much can happen and be done to you and whatever. Like we're together. We're in this together. I'm torn. It was a sweet thing, but also she was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's not the right. She. I have a feeling that there's going to be a little bit of a fight later on about that. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to have a fight about how someone says I love you. But if I were her, I'd be like, yeah, you could have yeah, told me that. Not, yeah, not, not, not good for him. Yeah. I think that Michael, I would have liked to see, I don't, Michael in 2022 is fine. He's a very nice guy. Absolutely. I like Michael. Yeah. And by the way, I, as, as much as I take, I told you so's, I was wrong. I didn't see this lasting. Mm. I didn't believe in this and I was wrong. So, so I there's was, an I told you not so. I was. <laughs> I was on the fence until the compass thing, because when he said Laura would love you, she would be happy. It's you. No. It's like you don't say that like that. You don't just you throw don't that around. No, no, no. You don't bring yeah. a compass. A compass is that's a heavy move. <laughs> but but I, I will say this. I want to see 1800s Michael. I think he missed his calling. Uh, I think Michael was, was going to be like a great like a like a Barnum and Bailey. Yeah, like, like <laughs> something some really sort of like almost a con man but really an entrepreneur like that kind of thing michael reminds me a tiny bit of my dad in a weird way in that you know he means so well he's so sincere my dad's an unbelievably good guy but he is a little bit of a ham oh yeah He's a bit of a ham. Absolutely. Like he, you know, when there's a lot of, there's a big group, like he really thrives and like, he'll sort of like spring something out, like yeah. for the sake of like the, ooh, haha, surprise. He likes having an audience. And, I agree. And I get a little bit of that from Michael. And it really, ultimately, I guess it's a compliment if I'm comparing him to my father, who I love very much. Oh, and I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote, Danielle seems almost endearingly pissed at him. <laughs> Okay, so back on the beach now. So we're back on to the show. Johnny and Victoria, it's the morning after. They're kissing goodbye to each other, saying I love you to each other. It's all very lovey-dovey. And Johnny meets Neil Lane. Neil asks if he's ready. Johnny admits he came not expecting to get engaged, but at this point he feels like he has to. And Neil's like, "Uh, you don't have to do anything. Mm. Johnny corrects that, no, 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 he wants to. As he heads up to the proposal site, we hear a voiceover of him saying, I thought I'd be single till I'm 30, 40. <laughs> we laugh. And really then hard. what comes after that? Dead? <laughs> it's funny how people in their 20s are like 30, 40. Yeah, 30. Like 30? You'd be single until you're 30? Yeah. Or 30, comma, 40. <laughs> yeah, comma, or four, God forbid, you know, the end of life. Victoria meets him at the proposal site. She starts crying. She says he's changed her world. She can't imagine life without him. He's become her best friend. She's head over heels. He says he's never felt so secure, brave, or strong. He doesn't know what he did to deserve this. He says he'll always have her back. He'll never leave her side. He wants to take care of her when she's sick. She's moved by this. Mm, nice. There is something very yeah, sweet about that. that. That's true admit, love. When you care for me when I'm sick, yeah. it's very sweet. I love you. Uh-huh. I want you to be better for, for me. <laughs> he says every king has a powerful queen next to him and he gets down on one knee and proposes. Who made Johnny King, by the way? <laughs> 
She says yes. And as he carries her off, we marveled at how quickly this show takes away <laughs> the meaning of an engagement. I know. I know. They just really commoditize it, don't they? Yeah. It's it's ultimate. They yeah. can't commoditize it anymore. Yeah. I mean, Neil Lane is ironically the least commoditized part <laughs> of the engagement. True. That's like, hey, I got some nice rings for you. Very good prices. Okay, Jesse addresses the rumors and photos from all across the globe. I wrote, I really wish they would stop spoiling their own surprise. Right? This reminds me of the finale of The Bachelorettes. We're right at the top. They're like, yeah, and like, yeah. you know, cheating, Don't talk rumors. about the thing you're going to talk about. Yeah. Just talk about it. It really takes away from the eventual surprise. Like, he was like, yeah, Greg will be here. It's like, what? Yeah, make it a surprise. They yeah. don't understand the show, the show <laughs> element. Yeah. They need Michael from the 1800s. <laughs> Barnum and Bailey. (laughs) Just when you think you know what's going to happen. Behind curtain six, we have Greg Grippo. Okay, so Johnny comes out. Johnny says he and Victoria are broken up. He says he wants to say he's good, but it breaks his heart that she's not sitting next to him. And he says he started to feel like he wasn't good enough, and they started arguing a lot. And Jesse says, do you feel like you're ready to see her again? And Andy, you loved this. Johnny says, do what you got to do. You called this badass and, quote, classic Johnny. The best. I mean, Johnny's real. He breaks the fourth wall perpetually. Yes. Do what you got to do. I Like, there was nothing about his face that was like, yes, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready to do this. Uh Uh-huh. I've got this. He was just like, do what you got to do. It was amazing. The the amazing thing about Johnny, which is very rare and what makes him such good TV, is he's all ego and no ego at the same time. Oh, my God. That is so well put. He Because he really is no ego. No. He's in front of a camera and he's not doing anything differently than he would do in real life. Yes, totally. But there is still... There is ego there, but it's more in this like he's preserving what he's got kind yeah. of way. Uh, he's just. He tells he's, you, he's like, I'm damaged. I'm damaged goods. Yes. I'm a wounded yes. bird. Uh huh. This is me. And I act like this because of this. Yes. And it actually works. It really he's does. He's super cool. <laughs> he's that guy in the 80s movie. He's like, I don't play by anybody's rules except my <laughs> own. But you like him. Yeah. Even though it's lame to say that. <laughs> no one says that. Okay, so Victoria comes out. She's asked where it all went wrong. And she says, that's the million dollar question. Mm. She then says, hi, how are you doing to Johnny? Yeah. I was torn between thinking she should have immediately said, hi, how are you doing to him? But also being happy that she said it at all. I think there's some bad blood there. Yeah. And I think that whoever does anything that seems sort of conciliatory Mm -hmm. is taking the high road. Mm. She says in paradise, it was all rainbows and butterflies, but in the real world, there were a lot of ups and downs. And she says she was very upfront that it wasn't working for her. Mm -hmm. She says they said they weren't going to be engaged if they were fighting that much, if things were that toxic. And he says, okay, if that suits your narrative. And she's like, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And he says that she told him it wasn't true that she had cheated on him, but it was true. And she says that she knows he knows it not to be true. And this is where I'm tying in what you said earlier about people believe what they're told. Yeah. Victoria, I, and I'm not sure whether this was a tactic or if it was actually true, but there was a lot of, you know, I didn't cheat on you. You know it to be true that blah, blah, blah. It's not just like, I didn't cheat on you. 
I, I promise I didn't cheat on you. It's like, you know, I didn't. Well, the thing with these sit downs that I don't like is that it reminds me of those times where uh, an attorney in a criminal case will sway the jury mm-hmm. with something. He's like, well, what about that knife we found in his, his nightstand? <laughs> the knife. And they're like, the judge is like, whoa, whoa. I was, I was, no, yeah. you're warned. This is a warning. Mm-hmm. Jury, don't listen to what he said about the knife in the nightstand. Yeah. And they're like, no, I'm, yeah, I'll be listening to what he said about the knife in the nightstand. And that happens a lot here. Yeah. Like you say something and then it's very hard for the other person to rebut it without looking defensive and or like without, drowning. Or without pulling out another knife from another exactly. drawer. Exactly. So you can say whatever you want with confidence mm-hmm. and the audience is probably going to believe there's at least some degree of truth to well, it. Well, that's the thing. It's like when she says that he knows it not to be true that she didn't cheat. She, he knows that she didn't cheat on him. You can't help but be kind of swayed and be like, wow, does he know that? Is he know. pretending to not think that or does, you know, it was, it was actually very powerful. She, yeah. she really leaned into that. Yeah. She says she did not cheat on him. It may be hard to see that she's moved on. It may be hard for Johnny to see that, but when is an appropriate amount of time to move on when he called her a bleeping bleep? Uh, what do you, Andy, Andy, you were, it was a very colorful night last night with yeah, you. I kept trying to guess. Yeah, you trying to guess what those two words were. Yeah, she, I have a feeling it was LC or FB. <laughs> those are my two top family feud. I... I just based on the audience, the audience was like, oh, but they weren't like, oh. so I feel like it's not LC. It's, you think it's FB? I still think it's, I think it's still tamer than that. Or is it D F F B W? D. Don't worry about it. I don't, I don't even know if I know what words those are. She says that he said, "You don't cook. You don't clean. What do you provide to this relationship as a woman?" And he's like, "Okay, wait, 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 wait. We were joking. You said I don't cook, I don't clean." Yeah, and then- I have a feeling that the truth lies somewhere in the middle there. That that's I don't believe he came out and said that like a 1950s. I'm sorry, wife beer. This it's been just a couple of months. Yeah. I think that they were joking about yeah. like you know outdated gender roles. She's like, "I don't cook and I don't clean." And he's no, like, "Oh, no. what do you bring to the table?" You yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. in I, Johnny's I, not that guy. I believe him. He even said, "You asked my friends, would I say that?" No, and I believe Johnny that Johnny did not say that. I don't. He think said he, it in a joking way within a joking framework. <laughs> <laughs> Like some of the things we joke about to each other. Can you imagine if they're taken out of context and asserted to have been said seriously? I feel like if on every single day that we've been together, there is something we say (laughs) that if taken out of context would be on TMZ. He says the only reason he's there doing this is because she's the one who made all of this public. He's very uncomfortable, which we believe. He says she said things she wouldn't want to be out there, but he's not going to drag her through the mud. He's basically saying, I'm not going to do to you what you're doing to me right now. And and honestly, if I had to gun to my head, I'd say he's being sincere here. I agree. I think he really resisted saying things about her. Quoting things she said out of context. Yes. She says that they've gone to therapy. He cannot accuse her of cheating on him when he knows damn well that she didn't. He accuses her of posting things with Greg right after their engagement, and she denies this. This is what I think. Mm. And I feel fairly confident about this. I think she's 100% telling the truth when she says she did not cheat on him with Greg. Yeah, yeah. 
I believe that that's a convenient truth Mm -hmm. when the actual truth is that she was emotionally cheating on him with Greg for a little while before it became consummated, which was after she had officially told Johnny she's hitting the road. Yeah. That's what I think. I mean, here's the thing, though, is like, like, I have a real heart for Johnny and all this. But it wouldn't be the first nor the last time that this is how people got together. It's it's the difference is that this I, is very honestly, public. I think it's like 30% of relationships yeah. start this way. Yeah. So it's not like she committed I'm some not, huge crime. Yeah, I'm not downplaying, you know, any cheating going on here. And I do feel for Johnny. But the big difference is that this is really public. This is what I'll say. I don't think Victoria's a maniac. No. I think she's a hard woman and she's she's a heartbreaker. Yeah. But heartbreaker for sure. She's definitely a heartbreaker. Yeah. But I think that she knows what she wants. Mm-hmm. And she knew that this was bad. This turns not good. Mm-hmm. And she said, I don't want this anymore. Yeah. And that's not bad inherently. I think the way she went about it was probably very cold-hearted. Yes. But that's her style. Yeah, she and Brittany apparently have Both her a and Brittany should have technique. a lot to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, this is us just piecing things together. And this is where I wish the show would actually delve in a little deeper. You know, it's amazing. We had 15 episodes of this season. Johnny and Victoria alone, what are we talking, like seven, eight episodes of that? Yeah. Minimum? Yeah. And so... I would have liked a little less of like this sort of ambiguous, like accusing each other of things. It would have been really cool to see like them on an episode of couples therapy or something. You know what I mean? I would have liked a little less of it being about Greg. You know, we just saw so much of them getting together. It's like, what about them didn't work? Greg's not important. Yeah. When she said like, I'm trying to give you at one point, she said this to Johnny, I'm trying to tell you where things shifted. It's like, yeah, yeah. Focus on that. Like, where did things shift? I just, because I'm really fascinated by this How fascinating would it have been to on television, discover what went wrong with the relationship? Maybe Mm -hmm. at least give it a shot. Yeah. She did say they went to therapy. Yeah. And he didn't disagree with that. It's not like she's lying about that so the fact that she was willing to go to therapy means she was willing to give this a shot i just think that johnny met his match oh i think he got outplayed i think she is you know what she is you know what she is you know what victoria is i mean i know paul notes yeah you want to you want to should i do this Ooh, am i giving the beat yeah okay she only comes out at night The lean and hungry type Nothing is new I've seen her here before Watching and waiting Oh, she's sitting with you But her eyes are on the door Oh, here she comes Watch out, boy, she'll chew you up Oh, here she comes She's a man-eater Victoria's a man-eater She is a man-eater That was was shockingly hard (laughs) Yeah, you were struggling with that I didn't feel very supported I was hoping for more I was because I wasn't sure if I should be trying to harmonize but then the symbols kept coming in so it would get me off my pitch yeah, you, <laughs> that really threw me off I, I, I think you, you're, 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 you're not realizing this is a 70s genre this is a disco oh. this is a disco beat so we think Victoria's I mean we, I mean, we gotta say we thought that the player had met his match and we multiple not to make this about us but multiple times we were like oh she is she's outplaying him outplaying him at every turn he is good. 
But Victoria is better. She is. And I mean, we're not necessarily saying this in a positive way. I will say this. as a, If I were a man, Victoria would scare me. Uh, that's why I didn't want to date her. Have you seen I've been resisting the whole season? I don't want to date her. She's who you would have gone for yesterday. Yeah, but I, I only because there was no one else left. <laughs> and I know I'm going in with a heavy heart. I know I'm going to be hurt. Uh, I do get man-eater vibes from oh, Victoria. Oh, I mean, she is 100% man-eater. Yeah. She will tear you up, boy. Oh, chew you up. Chew you up. Wow. She's sitting with you, but her eyes are on the door. Ooh, Ooh. Watching and waiting. Wa- watching and waiting. Oh, that's so good. That's such a good song. A great thing. Hall and Oates, are you later. kidding? Who makes songs like Hall and Oates anymore? <laughs> Who? Who does anything? Who could even shine their shoe? Oh, Andy. Sad. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com. We make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. So she denies posting things with Greg right after their engagement. He says ultimately if she cared about him, he would have gotten at least a sorry or a, hey, there's a lot of stuff about to come out, and I'm in a full-blown relationship with a guy I told you I wasn't into. <sighs> I think there's probably some truth to this. Yeah. I can picture Victoria in a conversation being like, oh, yeah, that great guy. Like, yeah, no, I'm not into him. Can I tell you the honest truth? I think both of everything that they're saying is correct. Yeah. Everything and, they're saying is not a lie. Oh, and I'm not coming after Victoria when I say this. But I'm The reason I'm saying it is because I've done it before. Yeah, everyone and has. You've done it before too, I'm sure. Yes. Yes. They're both right. Yeah. It's just coming at it from a different perspective. Yes. Jesse asks if she's dating Greg. And she says yes, but she denies the rumors that it began while she was still engaged to Johnny. And Johnny says he considers talking to someone when they're still working on their issues, cheating, or at the very least, emotional cheating. And he says he wishes her all the best in life and he needs to step back and work on rebuilding himself. And he leaves and we wanted to give him a hug. I really wanted to give Johnny a hug. Yeah, the, really bad. As we said, I think yesterday or last week or wherever... They're both advanced level daters. It feels like. Well, it's like it's like it's like watching LeBron and and like Michael Jordan do one on one, do one on one. It's like every. uh, So you know what I realize as I get older, I start saying old man things. Like there's no way of escaping it. it. I don't know why it happens. Yeah. Why? Why does that happen? I I put the in front of things that don't (laughs) shouldn't have the. I just hear. I was like, how did that happen? I don't. I didn't mean to say that. No. But anyway, it's like watching two greats play a game that they're both at the top of their level at. And it's someone has to win. There's always someone better. Yeah. No one's the best. There's always someone better than you. Yeah. Well, and the difference is it feels like it's a lot harder for Johnny to fall for someone. Like he's a lot more guarded. While she has the invincibility of being an unbelievably good player. Yes. And so she's usually the one calling the shots. And so it felt like his ability to recover from this, like it feels like he's extremely damaged by this well which isn't it, it's fun not fun watch. this is not cool i think i i'm actually worried about john yeah more so than i've been worried about almost anyone else more so than i was worried about lace 
Yeah, like more I so actually, than I'm like worried about Tyler, who I think will oh, fall yeah, in love with someone fine. next week. That's a difference. Tyler's going to be fine. Tyler falls in love easily. So yes. his heartbreak just breaks my heart a little less. And, and I also feel like Tyler's been broken up with many times. <laughs> You know, I really think he and Rachel should date. I'm just saying. Oh, my God. Totally. They should. They're perfect. Yes. What was wrong with him? Why did she diss him? She didn't like his friends in Jersey? (laughs) Okay. So Greg comes out now. He reveals that they met last year through mutual friends. (laughs) And then weeks after Paradise, they ended up rekindling. I thought the use of weeks was interesting because that's sort of a short amount of time. And rekindling. Yeah, rekindling. He didn't say reconnect. He that said means rekindle. rekindling literally means a fire that's gone down that needs more wood to make it become a fire again. <laughs> and I'm holding him to his words. <laughs> he says that he asked her for a drink in Rome because they couldn't do it in the U.S. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Wait, you find that really funny? <laughs> like, I can only have a drink with you in Rome. It's not possible logistically. Uh, okay, this, I want to get out of the way before we dive into this part that we have met and hung out with Greg. This is the problem. Yeah, okay. it becomes tough to recap yeah. when you know some of these people. I, I like Johnny. Mm-hmm. From I, what you've seen. I really do. I have never met Johnny. Yeah. And I feel that Victoria has a lot to offer and there's unknowns. I don't, I cannot fully judge Victoria as much as I want to. And I know a lot of people are. Yeah. But I've met Greg. Yeah. And as much as I maligned Greg, and I did, I maligned Greg and I, and Greg knows I maligned him. Yeah. But I met him in person and I have nothing but good things to say about that guy. Yeah. And also how he handled even that. Yes. Because we discussed it. And instead of him, you know, and I I think the context was, I was like, I feel a little bad. Like we really came at you. I hope it wasn't too much. He was so gracious. No, if anything, he was like, you were right. I said we were right. Yeah, he. (laughs) That's why we like him. (laughs) No, it was really his ability to take ownership and not be like, I accept your apology, which by the way, is how. And I've been in, I've been in this business for a long time. How like 90% of people act. Yes. Like they can't take I, it. And so the fact that he not only was able to take it, but was able to be like, yeah, I've reflected and like, I really behaved poorly. Here you go. It wasn't my finest moment. I think it says a lot about a person. And so I'm getting this out of the way as a sort of disclaimer that we will do our best to be objective in this. But yeah. I think I, we would be lying if we were like, yeah, we have no special feelings no, towards I, a person that we know and like. I looked deep into Greg Grippo's eyes and I saw a good man. <laughs> That's what George Bush said about Putin, by the way. <laughs> eh, didn't age well. So after the Rome thing, we get a lot of like, what the fuck faces from audience members. Yeah. But those were clearly, I've got to say, you know, when they zoom in on them, those yeah. were, we've learned from people who anonymously have submitted tips about having been in the audience that those are filmed either before or after or whatever, like out yeah. of context. Like I think they literally to- have a screen that says, give this look. Yeah, give an incredulous look. Yeah, yeah. and they just pick the best ones. Yeah. When asked if they were concerned about how this would be perceived, Victoria says, people can think what they fucking want. She doesn't give a shit what people think. And you know what? Like, again, Victoria is making a lot of enemies with this. Mm-hmm. But I, if I was in Victoria's position, might do the same thing. Yeah. So I'm like, I, this is a public execution. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm going to go out. So I'm going to be like Mel Gibson in Braveheart, where he's like, freedom! 
getting his guts cut oh, out. And this gosh. is a horrible drawn, hung, drawn, and quartering. They used to do that. The uh, British Empire, like very uh, successful, but holy shit, they did some bad yeah. stuff. Anyway, my point is that was her freedom moment. Yeah, she was like, you know what? I know what you're doing to me. Yeah, you make you're trying everything you want to do to make me look bad, and I know this looks bad mm-hmm. on the surface, and I know you've orchestrated this to look bad. Yeah. And you know what? Go fuck yourself. And I respect that. That's the thing is part of me, because it's so unlike, like Victoria, there's an element to Victoria that I don't possess and that I wish I possessed. Like when she told Tyler to shut up. Oh my God, I loved that moment. And I get that Tyler was trying to defend Johnny, his friend. But it wasn't his business. It wasn't his business. And she was like, I'm not talking to you. Mind your business. It was so. Without breaking, no wavering in her voice. No wavering. She didn't stumble. (laughs) You got to love, you got, if you're going to hate her, you got to love to hate her. You can't just hate Victoria. Yeah. You gotta love to hate her yeah. at the very least. You know, I think that I admire a part of her, the part that I don't have that has the balls. Confidence. And the confidence. And she truly doesn't care if no, people have care. an issue with this. And you touched on it being a public execution. We have to talk about this for a second. Because this edit was not doing them any favors. They took the worst parts yeah. of this by far. So they show... Greg being like, oh, yeah, we rekindled things. And then, oh, yeah, we had to go to Rome for a drink because we couldn't do it here. And then they show Victoria saying that she doesn't give a fuck what people think. They can think what they want. And then they show off their matching chow tattoos. Yeah, they did ev- everything. Trust me, this was they milked this. This yeah. was a 30 minute interview. Yeah. And they took the worst, worst two minutes. Yeah. And Greg in passing, he might not have even been talking about them. He might have been talking about something else. He says in passing, it's not a great look, but eh. Yeah. Two things come to mind. The first is they really wanted to make them look bad. And they did that with this edit. And it was actually not even really hidden. Like if you really, it was just the greatest hits of their least flattering moments. But the other thing too is there was an overwhelming sense that Greg didn't want to be there. And there's no question he didn't want to be there. Yeah, And it got me thinking, what was he promised or what was he paid or what was, was she convinced to convince him to come on? It just felt like kind of out of place. I think it was was a combo of money and promises that it wouldn't be too rough. Yeah, I just don't picture him getting paid money. I don't know. Really? I don't know. Why would he do that? There's no win for him. What is he going to, how is he going to win in that situation? I can see her being convinced that him being there will add credibility to her story or make her look better or support her. You know what? Maybe she told him, you got to come on. You can't leave me hanging here. Yeah, something like that. And he said, okay, because of her. Yeah, that's the most likely. You're right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he didn't get Which paid actually, at all. Which actually in a weird roundabout way supports the fact that they're actually a good couple. I was about to say that, <laughs> but I didn't want to be the one to say that. I let you say that. For what it's worth, I actually like it when villains get together. Yeah. All right. Have we said everything we want to say about this? I think without knowing fact of what happened behind the scenes, it's very irresponsible to cast judgment. sit in a camp. Mhm. I think that they all have redeeming qualities and they all have problems. Yeah. And actually, I think what we were saying, I swear we'll move on shortly, but I think what we were saying earlier about Tyler and Brittany about, you know, on the surface, she seemed cold and he seemed heartbroken. But if you dig a little deeper to maybe like if he were clingy, if he does have an anxious attachment style and if she has an avoidant attachment style and starts to feel like like it's cloying. 
You know, what does that look like? How do you try to send the signal that you're not interested anymore? Are you forced to be cold? Are you forced to sort of turn off the switch? There's just so many little subtleties. As as Pat Benatar said, love is a battlefield. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a cheesy way. It's very poignant. Mm -hmm. Love is not all roses and and uh butterflies and and bunnies and little <laughs> I'm, baby deers I'm, <laughs> baby gorillas baby Fun. elephants what else can we throw in there baby chipmunks have you ever seen a baby oh, chipmunk like a not my. fully grown chipmunk oh my god chipmunks are underrated in terms of cuteness the in most general. underrated animal Andy and i will walk through central park and stop to look at every chipmunk and everyone else just walks past the chipmunks like they don't find chipmunks that cute and i do not understand have it. you ever seen a chipmunk standing on his hind legs eating something it's ridiculous it's, it, there's nothing cuter you can't get cuter it's just different yeah <laughs> it's different okay so in conclusion i touched on it earlier but i wish this had actually been less about greg and more about like the minute details of the ins and outs of their relationship just because i get off on that it's stuff bip. <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> what am i thinking looking for that here okay next we get brandon and serene it's the morning after this is back on the beach i wrote it's oh i named my favorite ice cream flavor i said it's all ooey gooey butter cake between them <laughs> I mean, it is, right? If a relationship could be ooey-gooey butter cake, is it not this? It's it's exactly that. They make out in bed, eat breakfast, kiss on the balcony, and we get a shot of a ring. They don't even show him talking to Neil Lane. It's such a foregone conclusion that he's proposing. She meets him at the proposal site, and he immediately starts crying. She says she's always yearned for a life-changing love, yet he puts that love to shame with his love. <laughs> Their hearts are cut from the same cloth. She calls him her missing piece, her soulmate. She'll never take it for granted. He says she's an everlasting spark that has hit him. His happily ever after could never have started without her. And he says it starts with him making her his forever. Hallmark's literally like, get it all down. Are you listening? Get it down. We've got 50 cards here. He gets down on one knee and proposes. She says, yes, they make out. And the crowd goes wild. Lots and lots of making out and cheering. And now Jesse arrives at the proposal site, congratulates them, and tells Serene that Brandon's been saying, quote, I'd marry her today if I could. <laughs> it's such a dick move to call him on that. <laughs> Not right. It's like, I would die for you. Well, we have an opportunity. Here's an executioner. Put your money where your mouth is. Jesse's like, so guess what? I got ordained last night. <laughs> he asks if they want to get married right there, right now. And they laugh a bit nervously here. And then we get a commercial. So this is a cliffhanger. What does ordained even mean? Can I go to Jesse for confession? No. So ordained just means he can marry people? I He's like an so. officiant. Yeah. Is that is that what ordained? Ordained sounds more like... Official. Religious. Yeah. I feel like anyone could go online 30 minutes later become an officiant for a wedding. Yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's different ordained. than ordained. Is it? Andy, you and I agreed this was cruel. And Andy, you said it's basically just saving them 25 bucks. Yeah. There was no benefit to them getting married no. here. Okay, so after the commercial break, Brandon and Serene emerge. They mm-hmm. continue to talk about how much they love each other and how thankful they are for each other. I wrote, where's the specificity? They don't need it. Just respect the lack of specificity. They know. are in, they're in Disney, they're Disney characters. Yeah, you're right. They're in Disney love. In Disney, you don't see genitals. 
<laughs> there's no sex. There's maybe a peck, a closed mouth yeah. peck, maybe. You know what is Disney is just seeing the person starting to cry. Yeah. It's not, you don't need to know why. I don't want to know why. <laughs> I don't want to know that Brandon and Serene have sex. <laughs> what? They don't have genitals. <laughs> I don't want, yeah. This is like Ken doll. You go down, you, you see Brandon, there's just like two joints by his groin and, and just flatness. <laughs> oh my God. I want a Brandon and Serene doll. I want to put them in different positions. <laughs> Non-sexual positions. Non-sexual. Yeah. Okay. So I need to get over the specificity. You're right. It doesn't apply. Because I do think they're perfect for each other. I love them. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they found each other. Yeah. I'll leave it I'll at that. I'll leave it at that. You're right. I should just be satisfied with that. Jesse tells them to reveal whether or not they got married. Brandon says that they are not. They love each other. They're going to get married. But their family has to be there. Apparently, Brandon had called his parents at the time. And his mother said she would kill him if they got married without her, without his family there. Which I think is yeah, reasonable. Just, yeah, of course. Okay. So, Andy... That's that. That's, That's the happy that. ending. Wow. I mean, congratulations to the happy couple. I do think they're perfect yeah. for each other. You know what? I, I want to see a reality TV show with the two of them, but they're locked in like a really cold cabin in the middle of like <laughs> Canada. No heating, like terrible food. They got boiled potatoes. Yeah. Just basically fight porn. Uh, like they're forcing them to have a fight. Ooh. I just want to see what it looks like when they fight. Yeah. When, thing, when times are tougher. I just want to see it. I want to see what that looks like. I honestly, uh, to give Brandon a lot of credit, I don't think he has a dark side. I think the fight with Brandon looks something like this. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay. But gonna do. Hey, Serene, I don't know what I'm feeling right now, but I think I'm a little upset at you. <laughs> Wait, Why? I don't know. I feel terrible. Like it's the most horrible feeling in the history of the universe is literally tearing me apart (laughs) all over the place. Like pieces of me falling everywhere. (laughs) It's like I'm burning in a fire and it just won't stop. And I need you to pour water on me. (laughs) And like, you know, (laughs) I'm so sorry. I have no idea what I did, but I'll never do it again. I'm so angry at you. My anger is so strong. It's literally like the strongest anger in the history of the world. Let me kiss away your anger. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're cute together. No, they're great. The fact that we can make fun of them shows the strength of their relationship. Not unlike the way... I make jokes about us getting a divorce. Yeah. It's funny because it's so ridiculous. No, it's so true. Oh, that's a nice way to close, Andy. Thank yes. You. We make jokes about divorce all the time. Every day. <laughs> Number one joke. All right. So now we get credits, lots and lots of critters and even a snake. Oh, the credits, by the way, is the bloopers. Yeah. This is what made me think that they were running out of time, hence cutting the whole Andrew thing. Oh. Why, they don't normally put bloopers in the credits. They're normally like, and now our bloopers. La, 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 la. It's like a thing. We watch people watching them. Right, right, right. We agreed that the bloopers were funny. Yeah, they were funny. Yeah. Especially the one with Andrew. Yeah, with the I snake. thought they saved the funniest moment for the last split second of the season. Yeah, when he's like, season. I've been sleeping with that thing there for two nights. It's funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be very alarming. Yeah. Okay, so Andy, your A game. Logan. Okay. He played this very well. How could you do better? He had good comebacks, but it never felt retaliatory. It just felt like he was like, that's, you know, that's not my perspective. This is how it felt for me. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud of what I've accomplished to Kate. Like, 
this was very classy. I, I, I it continues to bewilder me how anyone would. You know like what I him. bet? I bet you, Kate. If she had any chance of wanting to go back to Logan, which, by the way, is never going to happen, because I think it was all a fraud to begin with. Yes. I think she may have felt a little bit there. Uh, Just a little. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Okay, Andy, for the word watch, zero fingers across both episodes 15 and 16. Yeah. And of course, we're not counting if there were anything like Jesse in the opening of an episode. It has to be in the episode proper. And we did not we hear did not any hear fingers. Finger. I mean, I'm 99.9% sure. But now I live yeah. in fear. Because I'm 97.3% sure. Yeah, when people came at us with Hurricane or whatever it yeah. was, I was like... Oh. I mean, we've got... Look, that's one screw up in like, what, 30 yeah. recaps? Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Okay, so 62 correct guesses. Mm. And our winner, I love this name, is Chickpea8644. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. You are the winner of $100 to one of my all-time favorite Etsy shops, Verano Studio. All of my rings from there. I love her stuff. Mm. And you can claim your prize by emailing us by this Friday at midnight. And Andy, that is it for our 2022 giveaways. Wow. I've got to say I'm very proud of this because, you know, we really hustled to get sponsors for this yeah. and it has worked out. I think we've been giving away things almost every week of every season of this show all year. It's great. I want, in the end, I want us to do this podcast long enough that every single Shandy <laughs> yeah. has won something. Yeah, that's the dream. That's yeah. the dream. Okay, so finally, Andy, who would we go for? Logan. Who's left? Who am I supposed to go for? Well, I mean, anyone from the whole season. Oh. That makes it tougher, doesn't okay, it? Okay, now. no, based on the episode 16 performance. Logan. Okay, okay. In a seriousness? Yeah. I mean, Hunter. You know, I really like Hunter. And if in a way I almost like her more that she wasn't inserting herself in drama. I, that can I be honest? It's a no brainer for me. Okay. I would go for Logan still. And I would take your sloppy seconds if it didn't work out. Mm. I really like how he handled this. If we gave an MVP award, which we could, yeah. we could start doing an MVP for okay. a season. My MVP is 100% Logan. Oh yeah. Same. All right. I think that's a wrap then, Andy. That's it. This Ooh, was hard it. work. I we know. We did it. 32 hours of BIP. Yeah. Okay, let's get to the end. If you enjoyed what you heard today and all season long, you know what we will ask of you, and that is to like, subscribe. Seriously, right there. It's that little yeah. red button. Please, subscribe. Yeah. That helps us. Yeah, it just you us. hitting that button helps us so much. Yeah. It just helps increase our visibility and helps us grow. And, oh, Leave us Apple and Spotify podcast really ratings and reviews. Yes, lot. massive. Uh, tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And Instagram, by the way, is a lot of just like random shit and outtakes. Yeah. If you want to see some, you want to see the, the really stuff. like boil down shandy. <laughs> yeah. It's real inherent elements. <laughs> yeah. And just generally do all the things you would do to support a podcast you enjoy. Yeah. We are so thankful for you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. And we'll see you. I mean, if you tune into our regular episodes, we'll see you very soon. But otherwise, yeah. if you're here only for the recaps, which you shouldn't be, we'll see you in January. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye-bye. Dear Shandy. Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. 
Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought-after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.